Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our reading today is Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40. You may locate this text in your pew Bible on page 904. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. The grass that withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Friends, so I want to set the scene for you and for me in this text, this scripture passage this day. So this is the Gospel of Matthew. It's the 25th chapter. Matthew has 28 chapters, so that tells you we're nearing the end of the Gospel story according to Matthew's sharing with us. In this chapter 25, this is the last chapter before Jesus enters Jerusalem and begins the trek during Holy Week that we celebrated just earlier this month. The last thing Jesus wants to share with these women and men who have journeyed with him for three and a half years the last thing he wants to impart on them, the last vision he wants to capture with them is this, these verses just before he goes to Jerusalem and begins the journey of Holy Week. Some scholars call this the last judgment. Others call it the judgment of the nations. 
I don't know where you are about the idea of judgment. It is true by the grace of God that God is a loving God and God is filled with grace. It's also true that God is a God of justice and righteousness. And much of Scripture points to a judgment moment, a judgment day when you and I will stand before God and be held accountable for our faith and faithfulness during our lifetime. I don't know if that fills you with terror or if it fills you with anticipation of great joy. I will tell you that I believe some kind of judgment day will come. And I believe that God will look to me and hold me accountable for my life of faith and faithfulness. I'm trusting in God's abundant grace in those moments. So Jesus leaves this last vision before he enters Jerusalem with his followers of Matthew 25. You just heard this read. Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in glory. Who is the Son of Man? Whom? Yeah, it's Jesus. Well done. So Jesus refers to himself more often as the Son of Man than any other title. No one else in all of Scripture refers to Jesus as the Son of Man. Only Jesus does that. It is his favorite term for himself. It is considered the most humble of the titles. Son of God, of course. Son of the King, yes. But Son of Man, the Son of humankind, the servant of humankind. Jesus says, when the Son of Man returns in glory, all the peoples of the earth will be gathered before the throne. There's this lovely juxtaposition of Jesus as the Son of Man, servant of humankind, the most humble of all titles, and a throne of glory. The king sits on the throne in judgment day, and all the peoples of the earth are gathered before the throne. And then the king separates the peoples of the earth, some on his right and some on his left. And here is the criteria for whether you are on Jesus' right or on his left. He turns to the right and says, blessed are you by my father, so inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Blessed are you. And here is why these folks are blessed. Jesus says, because I was hungry and you gave me food. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in. And I was naked, and you gave me something to wear. And I was sick, and you tended to me. You cared for me, and I was in prison. And you came to visit me. And then it sounds like, in this vision that Jesus is putting forward, these who are the blessed ones, they're surprised. And they say back to Jesus, well, wait, wait, Lord, when did we do this for you? When did we give you food? When did we give you a drink? When did we welcome you as a stranger? When, oh, Lord, did we give you clothes? When did we tend you when you were ill? When did we come to see you when you were in prison? And Jesus says, 
When you did these things for the least of these who are members of my family. Wow, listen to that. For the least of these, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, the imprisoned, when you did these things for these, who are members of my family, you did this for me. Jesus is saying clearly, I was the one who was hungry. I was the one who was thirsty. Maybe you did not see me, but when you cared for the one who is sick, when you welcomed the stranger, when you gave clothes, when you went to prison and visited, you were visiting me. That's where we ended the reading this morning, but that's not where the reading ends. Those Bible scholars out there, you know this. Then Jesus turns to those who are on the left side, and Jesus says, you that are accursed, Depart from me into the flames of fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For you did not give me food when I was hungry. You did not give me a drink when I was thirsty. You did not welcome me when I was a stranger. You didn't give me clothes when I was naked. You didn't tend and care for me when I was sick. And you didn't come visit me when I was in prison. And equally as surprised, those who are accursed in that judgment day, they will say to Jesus, Lord, when did we not do these things for you? And Jesus says to them too, when you did not do these things for the least of these who are members of my family, you did not do them to me. That's why you will depart from me into the eternal fire. Bible scholars are intrigued. This last vision so important for our Lord to impart upon the disciples before Holy Week begins. Bible professors have noted there's, there's no discussion about correct doctrine here. There's no debate about creeds or confessions. There's not even any mention of sin and sinfulness and repentance and forgiveness. There's not even any mention of grace in this text. It's just about doing these things for the least of these. When you do these things, Jesus says, you do them for me. For I was the one who was hungry, thirsty, the stranger, naked, sick, and in prison. The least of these who are members of my own family, Jesus says. So soon after I was called to serve, where, where Kelly right now is working at the General Assembly offices in Louisville, Kentucky, the 17 Japanese-American Presbyterian churches got together. They did this every single year, the Japanese-American Conference. There were 17 churches up and down the West Coast who were Japanese-American congregations. My own congregation in Seattle, where I grew up, where my dad was the pastor, 
was one of those 17 churches. The pastors and their spouses and leaders churches would get together every year for a weekend and meet together. It was like an old family reunion time. They loved each other, knew each other so well. I had just begun my work at the General Assembly offices, so I flew out to San Francisco because that year, the Japanese Church's conference was taking place at the Christ United Presbyterian Church in the heart of Japantown in San Francisco. And we were privileged to meet there. This is the historic, this is the oldest Japanese American congregation in the Presbyterian Church USA. It was wonderful to be there in the heart of Japantown. I saw my mom and dad, greeted them. They flew in from Seattle. It was good to see them. I saw elders from my church with whom I grew up. It was good to see them. We had a wonderful worship service on Friday night, had a wonderful dinner together, and then we went to our hotels nearby in Japantown. Got up the next morning, came back to the Christ United Presbyterian Church right there in the heart of San Francisco's Japantown. We had a marvelous breakfast together, and then we had opening worship, and then we began our morning work session together, these pastors, elders, lay leaders from up and down the West Coast. It was a beautiful day. It was the spring, like here today in Kansas City, and the doors to the Christ United Presbyterian Church were open to the street there. We were in the sanctuary getting ready for our first work session together, and the pastor of that church was getting up to the pulpit to begin to call us together. And just at that moment, in walked through the big open doors of the church, straight into the sanctuary, a young man who was tall and slender, had blonde hair down to his shoulders. He was wearing an old floor-length mink coat. He had a shimmery golden dress on and heels. He had bright red lipstick on his lips and rouge on his face. He looked around the sanctuary of the Christ United Presbyterian Church there and saw that the other side of the sanctuary, there were pews against the wall, and he went and sat down. If you wanted to create in your imagination someone who was the exact antithesis of who was in that sanctuary that day, this was it. And we were trying to be discreet because we're Japanese Americans and Presbyterians, but we were all looking at this spectacle of a human being. Clearly, there were some mental illness challenges because while he was sitting there, he, she was talking to herself himself, and every once in a while, obviously amused, would laugh this high giggle that pierced through the whole sanctuary. None of us knew what to do. I had never seen someone like this in my years of life. I was sitting next to my mom and other elders from the Japanese church in Seattle, and we were all looking across the sanctuary. The pastor who was at the pulpit began to try call us to order, and then a shrill high giggle came through again, and we all looked over, and there he was, she was, long legs crossed, talking to herself himself. I thought, well, someone needs to do something. Obviously, this person doesn't belong here. And before I could do anything or think of anything, Marion Masada, 
who is the wife of the Reverend Saburo Masada, who is pastor of the Japanese Presbyterian Church in Sacramento, Marion, who is all of this tall, black and graying hair, glasses, pleasingly plump, beautiful smile, Marion. She gets up from the pew, a few pews in front of us, goes over and sits right next to this person. And I'm watching, all of us are watching, and Marion starts talking to him, to her. And this person giggles again. And then Marion, with all of her five foot four courage, speaks to this person and seems to invite her out of the sanctuary. Marion stands up and this tall, beautiful, blonde haired young man, young woman gets up and they walk out of our sanctuary. You can sort of feel this audible, oh, thank you, Jesus. Wherever they're going, they're going away from us so we can do the business of the church. Mom is next to me and she nudges me and says, go with Marion. And I said, what? And mom says, Roger, go with Marion. I said, mom, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the meeting. And mom says, no, Roger, go, just go. I said, well, why, why doesn't one of the pastors go? They're up front there. And she said, no, you just go. Make sure Marion's okay. Mom, I just want to sit here. Roger, just go. You're big, you're fine, just go. And so I get up and I walk out and I look and I don't see Marion and I don't see this young person. And then a woman comes up to me and says, they're in the fellowship hall. I'm like, okay. And so I walk down to fellowship hall and Marion apparently had asked if this young person was hungry and she said yes. And there's lots of food because this is a Japanese church event and it's a Presbyterian church event, so we've got lots of food. And Marion has a plate and some chopsticks at the end of a table of food and she's pointing things out to this young man, this young woman, and trying to to, thought whatever this person wants. Then the plate's full of food. She goes over, I'm watching there standing. She sits down. And this young person sits there with Marion. Then Marion sees me and says, oh, good, Roger, could you get us some tea and some water? So I do. I get some tea and some water, and I go over and sit in front of Marion, and she smiles at me and moves it and puts it in front of this person. Then she says, why don't you come sit with us? And I'm like, okay. And so I sit down next to Marion, And she says, no, sit next to our friend, Roger. And I'm like, rats. (laughs) So I get up and I go sit on the other side of this person. And then Marion says to this person, we always pray before we eat. Shall we pray together? And I'm thinking, Marion, this person's not going to pray with us. And Marion puts out her hand and lo and behold, this person puts their hand out and puts it into Marion's. Then Marion reaches across this person and gestures with me, and so I put my hand in Marion's, and then Marion looks at me like, and I'm like, Marion. And Marion's like, Roger. So I take my hand and I put it out there, 
and this young person puts their hand in mine. Then we close our eyes and bow our heads. I peeked. He did not close his eyes or bow his head. But we're holding hands, and Marion starts to pray. And Marion says, thank you, O God, for this food. Thank you for this place. And thank you for bringing our new friend to us. Our new friend, and before she can finish, the young man, the young woman, the young person speaks and says, mercy. And Marion and I look up, look at this person. He's looking right at us and says, mercy. My name is Mercy. And Marion breaks out to this beautiful grin and she says, of course it is, sweetheart. Of course it is. Then she closes her eyes and she bows her head and I do the same and we're still holding hands. And Marion Masada, there in the fellowship hall of the Christ United Presbyterian Church in the heart of San Francisco, she prays, and thank you, O Lord, for bringing us mercy. Thank you for bringing us mercy. Please bless her and keep her safe. Please bless her and keep her safe. No doctrinal conversation, creeds, confessions, important, but not in this text. Jesus says only hungry, give them food. Thirsty, let them have something to drink. If they're a stranger, please take them in. And if they're naked, give them some clothes. And if they're sick, please care for them. And please, if they're in prison, go spend time with them. When did we do this to you, oh Jesus? Jesus says, when you do these things, for the least of these who are members of my family, you do these things to me. Thank you, God, for sending us mercy. Bless her and keep her safe. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.